0: Welcome to FitzAunt Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market.
1: So, good day. I'm Paul Skelterma, the CEO of FITZAN Estates, and once again, welcome to FITZAN's Property Exchange. Oh, am I excited about today. We have a guest, Mr. Jacques van Emden. He is the MD of urban property development firm, Block B-L-O-K. And I find myself today in total unfamiliar territory. We're going to talk about mental health issues in communal living, so Jacques, please tell us about urban property development block. What is it about? What do you guys do?
2: Uh, hi, Pearl. Thank you so much. So essentially from our side, we, we're an urban property developer because we really believe in, in the amazing promise uh, that cities offer. So what, that, what a city is, it's a dense space. And what makes it interesting is that it allows for lots of opportunity. And we really refine opportunity as three key elements. One is opportunity for education. The second one is opportunity for employment or income. And then the third opportunity is we call it interaction. So when you have a dense urban space, there's just so many more interactions that occur. And that really gives you lots of opportunities that, that we like to build on. So from our side, we love cities. We love the opportunities that they offer. Um, we've seen healthy, thriving cities make a big difference on an economy and also a big difference on the mental well-being of a community as well. So we, we think um, I, I'm trained as an architect. I'm not practicing. Uh, we, we, I run the development company. But uh, wh- one of the interesting things is people consistently underestimate how much an impact the built environment has on their life. Whether you're in a studio doing a podcast recording, whether you're at home having a bri or you're in the office or wherever you are, you're always surrounded by the built space. And there's, there's, there's maybe people underestimate how important it is to our everyday lives.
1: Okay, so this is not just buying a piece of land and starting to build. You really do some research before the time.
2: A- absolutely. We're all... Uh, we are st- most of our staff would call themselves an urbanist. So we really believe that the city is an amazing space to live in. We think it needs to do a lot of improvements and a lot of changes have to happen to bring it into a, a more modern city. But it's, it's something we're all obsessed about. And I mean, we, we all live in the city, everyone in the company. We, so we kind of, uh, we, we eat, breathe and sleep what we're involved in, which is great because uh, it's, it's fantastic for the staff to work on something that they're so passionate about, but that they can also all experience every day
1: hmm Okay. So this whole COVID thing was quite new for me too. I thought I would never be able t- to work from home. And I found it actually quite um, great. Um, It was wonderful having the extra time to spend with family, et cetera, and then the responsibility to keep everything on par. So given the amount of time our South Africans have spent at home over the past few months, Do you believe that our homes and where we live plays a role in our mental health? And if so,
2: why? (laughs) I I think it's a great question. For for me, the answer is obviously yes. I think uh, if you asked everybody before COVID, some people might have been uncertain. But I think if you ask anybody today, they're absolutely certain that it makes a difference on their lives. that's true, that's true. (laughs) So I think what what might have been theory in 2019 has certainly become many people's lived experience in 2020. And uh, suddenly we've become far more aware of our built spaces. So to to answer the first part of the question is, does it have an impact? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Um, Then in terms of kind of how and why it's relevant – from outside, uh, when you when you are a bit transient in a space, you can get away with underperforming a little bit. So if you're a little bit at home, a little bit at work, a little bit out on the weekends, you have enough change that's going to keep you uh, keep you entertained. Or and you know change, they always say change is, a, is as good as a holiday. Mm-hmm. But what really happened is everyone's homes. Uh, the way how I like to describe it is suddenly our homes had to work a little bit harder. So it what that means is that. You were cooking more at home. You were doing more activities at home. You were doing homeschooling. You were doing um, working from home, and suddenly a, a built space suddenly had so much more to achieve that it wasn't actually designed for. So what happened is that, and it was I think we underestimated it even in our business was how important it is to have a healthy workspace wherever that is, whether you're in. on on a beach, you know, hopefully when when summer comes around the corner or if you're in, in a suburban home or in an apartment, yeah. So I think having a really positive workspace at home was definitely underestimated. Uh, From our side, we started to follow best practice all over the world that said you actually have to invest in the workspaces of your staff at home. So it was about having good posture, having a good place to keep your work, having a space that wasn't full of distractions, um, a great screen so that you can actually process your work correctly, and then that's maybe the physical space. But I think what happens is that people were – suddenly putting a whole bunch more pressure on their homes without them being designed to take that additional pressure. So what that means is things weren't working. And when things don't work and you can't control them, it can get quite frustrating and it can almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think that's where you see one of the two ways of depression coming in. I think a big part of what we try to manage in our staff, kind of the two angles of depression, one is things feeling like they're not working and the second part was social interaction
1: mm-hmm. so those were
2: our two mm-hmm. key pieces and i think a lot of people looked at the social interaction but maybe didn't invest enough time and effort in how things were actually working in someone's home. If someone had kids that were homeschooling next to their desk, which also had to be a drawing station or a playing station that also had to kind of have their partner who was maybe, let's say, an architect that needed space to draw or whatever it might be, there was so much happening in a small space, and then everything feels like it's not working. And that's quite a difficult thing. So. That really shows, I mean, I might be personally at home, I turned my garage into my office slash home workout space, purely because I wanted to make sure that I I had a healthy way to achieve at work and the day, but also leave work at home in my lovely garage. So uh, who knew what a garage could achieve in six months?
1: Yeah, in sectional title, unfortunately, um, we have to abide by rules too. So working from a garage, might be in contradiction with what the rules apply, um, that that space may only be used as parking. But nevertheless, let me carry on to, I need so much information on this. A sense of community can circumvent loneliness or isolation, as you've mentioned, a trigger for mental health issues such as depression or anxiety. How do you see this desire for an increased sense of connection impacting our homes in future?
2: Look, uh, it's something that I'm quite passionate about is about uh, the human interaction. So I think, unfortunately, what's happened in a lot of suburban South Africa is that with the increase of crime, unfortunately, we've ended up in a space where our homes have become more defended. And what that means is we actually get a little bit more closed off from our social environments. And so, it, and it's, it's such a sad thing to talk about for me even. Very, very it, sad. It, it really takes away from one of the key things about what community building and, and, uh, and a level of interaction is all about. Uh, I'm going to right jump straight to the end of life scenario. So we did quite a bit of research into the retiree living um, marketplace. And one of the most important things to increase someone's lifespan when they get into kind of the 70 plus age. It's not better access to healthcare. It's actually better mental health, which comes from having a better social environment. That
1: so, actually so, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: So it's so important that it actually can increase the length of your life. And so when people ask me how important it is that's the story I go to because – that it's you you need to have interactions you need to feel value we're social creatures by nature and it's just it's it's such a a minimum for me and i think what's what's going to happen is i've said when we spoke about the sectional title rules i think it's great that People are starting to talk to each other um, a little bit more in their apartment blocks. People are starting to look at the social spaces in their buildings as being critical, whether it's uh, common garden areas or they want to put up a kid's jungle gym. Or it's, uh, if you're in an urban context, it's a rooftop pool with a braai area on it. So it's, those spaces are, give so much meaning to your life and so much meaning to the interactions you can have. So from outside, that 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 sense of community, that sense of belonging, it's it's something that we've maybe ignored a little bit, and I really hope it's something we're going to prioritize. And South Africa has got unique hurdles that it has to try overcome, like security. It's got unique hurdles like that. We're a very car centric society, and a car is not a great way to build community.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: we've got to We've got to try get around a few of these unfortunate. Um, uh, obstacles that are unique to our context. But I think we are seeing that happen. We're seeing, you know, I've always said in, in a modern, let's say in, in a lot of American markets, when people are investing into an urban home, like a, a medium rise or high rise apartment, or they're investing into an estate, before they even look at their individual ho- space that they will call home, they actually look at the greater environment. And say, so yes. I think that's where I want to be yeah
1: in 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 our in our context the the common facilities
2: absolutely or common common property Mm. exactly and i think what's going to happen is that's going to be your entry point to a customer to say this is what we facilitate this is what you can do in the home these are the benefits you get not from your individual home (laughs) from this bigger community that you're going to call home and i think that that's you know, and you can't be naive, there's always going to be neighbourly issues and those have been there forever but what people are starting to look at is saying, wow, I actually, you know, this looks like a great place to live, it looks like a great place to socialise, whether I'm someone who's retiring or I'm a family a starter family or I'm a really kind of just a young professional entering into the world and and because I think we're going to, I don't I don't think we could have imagined how much time we might spend more at home in the next few years because this technological leap that's happened through COVID has mean we're gonna spend means we're gonna spend more time at home, means that that we're gonna want more more out of where we live, which is a great Yeah.
1: No, I actually never thought about it, but you're quite right. It has been predicted that the environment would play a far more prominent role in relation to mental health post-COVID. Do you believe that being close to nature found to have a positive impact on mental well-being, will take precedence over a larger physical space? Uh,
2: for me, I think it's a hundred percent correct. I think what COVID taught us is you can have a massive space, but if you're alone in the space or you don't have a connection to nature, it's not going to help you with a sense, uh, with kind of certain mental health issues or with a sense of community. So uh, uh, let's say Cape Town, I always say is, is a, why I think it's so popular is many cities have got one or the other. And when I say that, the one is the mountain and the other is the ocean. Not too many cities have, have the benefit of, let's say, what Cape Town yeah, has. True. yeah. And so it's quite powerful that you've got these two natural things. You know, I always say, I, I know Joe, Joe Burgers love going to the game reserve or going to the highveld or going to farms, and that's because it gives them a connection to nature. So your one social connection is to other people. Your other one is the connection to the world and the natural yeah. world specifically. So <laughs> I think... Where I think this is going to be important is, not you can't build a mountain, you can't create an ocean everywhere, but I think people are going to invest heavily in making slightly more natural environments. So it's going to mean a lot more planting, a lot more open spaces that are shared, not necessarily private. And I think that's where you get that beautiful combination. For me, it's my best spaces in cities are public spaces that are natural. And you just see them get so used and and I think we're starting to see a bigger focus on parks throughout the country we're starting to see a bigger focus on promenades on on all these fantastic natural assets we have and we kind of forgot about them for a while in nature it's it's what's going to part of what's going to invigorate your daily life is going to come from that
1: Yes, that's true. But then on the other hand, affordability would also play a role because usually those kinds of developments are more expensive than the dense development you referred to previously.
2: Uh, Absolutely. So I think what's happened is the other benefit of COVID is that it's made developers realize that there's a whole group of people that want these type of opportunities, but they've got to get over the cost barriers. So yeah, I think true. we're seeing developers working really hard to create new property in different prices, but that still offer those great resources. So you've got um, whether let's say if you want an uh, an urban opportunity in Cape Town, developers are trying to reduce the price point, make the apartments like reduce the specifications on the finish, or make the apartment a little bit smaller, but then make sure you've got a beautiful deli on ground floor. You've got. Uh, shared office spaces to work you've got garden areas you've got rooftop pools so that you've you've got this fantastic way to have your home bigger than your apartment we've got a saying that we've had for many years which is saying home doesn't stop at the front door that's so w- right. we have this old mentality which is like where our front door is that's where our home is but i think where the world's shifting and when you look about whether it's nature or the other people your home kind of st- it's, it's two different entries. The one is your private home and the other one is your public home. And having that access to those two is is really special.
1: I need someone like you to come and inspire the gouting developers to think about <laughs> these things. <laughs> All right. So thanks to COVID, working from home doesn't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon. How are developers accommodating this movement?
2: Hmm. So it's, it's a great problem we've just recently been applying our minds to. So I think we're going to move from this concept of work from home, WFH, is what we call it to when we write it down because it's much shorter. But yeah. we, you know, we believe it's going to move to WFA. These called- these
1: acronyms, you know, for older people, <laughs> I actually had to find out what does that mean. <laughs> so, okay. WFH is working from home. What's the other one you just mentioned? WFA
2: okay what and that stands for work from anywhere ah okay i've <laughs> learned something today <laughs> so i think from our side as i really believe that the world's going to get more dynamic and so you're going to be able to work from an office or work from a shared office or work from a home or work from another town or another city so How we try and do it, so let's say in one of our modern buildings, we make sure that every apartment, it doesn't matter how small it is, at least has a formal desk space. And what that does is it lets you within your homes, which always are getting smaller and there's more pressure on affordability and what you can and can't include. The reason why I'm so obsessed about it is that it gives you a place to have your work so your work doesn't take over your home. So that's my first key thing. I've had so many people complain that the dining tables become the office. And then it's not called work from home, then it's called live at work, which is not fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, I need to change that. I can just visualize my dining room table with all the files and and
2: stuff. Exactly. And then what happens is I believe one of the biggest and most important things about a home is cooking. And once, when, and dining, the dining table is part of the experience of cooking because it's where you put your cooking on show. It's where you share in the celebration of, of the cooking. So for me, the kitchen and the dining table are, oof, they're a powerful little thing. And the, 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 they've unfortunately both come under pressure. So the first thing we've done in our buildings is a dedicated work desk. And it can be 800 centimeters, it can be 80 centimeters by 60 centimeters. It can be small, but at least it's a space mm. that's not invading the rest of the house. And then in some of our other modern buildings, what we've done is we've actually made some shared offices and shared boardroom space as part of the common property. That sounds amazing. And it's not lots. It's just a little bit. And you have to book it and it's got to be maintained properly. But the big thing is that let's say you're like, oh, I'm, a little bit like I'm a little bit overworking from my desk or, I'm a little, or, I, or maybe I need to work with a friend and we need to have an important call together. We can go down to that space. Or maybe I want to do some creative planning and I just want to change an environment. So you have this opportunity to actually go and change up your workspace within your building. We don't think it's going to be the permanent office. We just think it's a small little offering And we think between your proper office at home, a little boardroom meeting space in the building you live in, and then all these other shared offices and coffee shops, I really think we're going to head to a work from anywhere scenario.
1: Yeah, that sounds really great. But you make me feel extremely guilty. I'm going to have those files removed tonight, the minute I get home. (laughs) Okay, my last question, we have to wrap up. Within this context of seeking a lifestyle that is conducive to overall wellness, what do you believe people will prioritise when
2: looking to buy homes in the future? So I, I think, that, as I said, mentioned a little bit earlier, the big priority is where is the actual home a part of, not just the physical home. So they're going to start looking for suburbs that offer great lifestyles. So whether uh, you've got some great, like the Atlantic Seaboard in Cape Town, or you've got some amazing suburbs that are in the north coast of Durban, and people are suddenly going to go, I actually... I want where I live to add to my life, not just my home. I want the broader area, my neighborhood. It must make my life more interesting. It must make it exciting. It must give me other options to enjoy. And, and that's so great. But, but I think that that change is starting to happen. And I think as people start to hear friends or themselves go stay somewhere for a while and they realize, oof, there's this amazing lifestyle that actually makes my life more fun. And that's what people are going to start looking for.
1: Wow, Jacques, um, I'm going to send my sales agent to you because you are very inspiring, and I'm going to look at this in quite a different light from now on. Thank you so much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear more about this, Jacques, where can they contact you?
2: So our website's always the best place. It's www.block, which is spelled B-L-O-K, and then it's .co.za. The other way is also really easy. Our email address for the company is hello at block.co.za. And again, it's blok.co.za.
1: Even that is refreshing. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But it's time for me to say goodbye. Thank you so much once again, Jacques. And we
2: will talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: This was Fitzsons Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzan.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.